Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the takeout ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This podcast is supported by FedEx. FedEx offers fast delivery, more visibility, simple returns, and weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. population on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. With FedEx, you get picture-proof of delivery, ensuring you always know where your package is. Returns are simple with packageless and paperless returns. Plus, FedEx Ground is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. So, what are you waiting for? See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. Five, four... Three, two, one. But who's counting, right? His name is Major. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Major Garrett. From the nation's capital. Major, fantastic. It's the takeout. This is a major achievement. With CBS News Chief Washington Correspondent. Major Garrett, yes, CBS, yes, hi. Major Garrett. Major, that's nonsense, and you should know better. Is Major out of the doghouse? <laughs> The answer is yes. Welcome to the very best part of my broadcast week. This is going to be a different kind of takeout. We really haven't done this ever before. You know the show format. Usually one, maybe two interview subjects and a conversation. This is going to be a little bit of that. But we're going to start with a piece of journalism I did in collaboration with our CBS investigative unit about something that's happening as a result of questions about the 2020 election. In the state of Georgia and elsewhere, but we focused on Georgia, there is a process by which citizens can challenge the voter registration status of other citizens. It is a complex and layered process, but it's going on. And these are, in some cases, not neighbors, but people of the same rough community, generally, checking each other out in terms of the legality or the propriety of their voter registration. We went to a place called DeKalb County, a suburb of Atlanta, to look at how this process is playing out. Enter this Kroger in suburban Atlanta, make a quick left, and you will find Master Barber James McWhorter holding court. They give it to him. For 20 years, McWhorter used this barber shop as his mailing address. In October, the county sent him an unusual letter. His voter status was being challenged. I had to put on my glasses just to make sure. You know, it said what it was saying. McWhorter was told to respond or risk the cancellation of your voter registration. Why would someone challenge my right to vote? The county was not challenging McWhorter's right to vote. A citizen of DeKalb County was. Her name, Gail Lee. She filed this document alleging McWhorter had improperly registered to vote using a commercial address. Lee went to McWhorter's barbershop and took pictures to prove the point. 
Had you ever met Gail Lee? No, I didn't know Mrs. Lee from a can of paint. I think God has been leading me in this. Gail Lee is a retiree who lives with her husband. She invited us to the back porch of her suburban DeKalb County home. What is your feeling about who won the 2020 election? I believe Donald Trump won the election. Lee became convinced something was wrong with voting in Georgia. This despite three recounts confirming Trump's loss. Lee started scrutinizing voter rolls. They are bloated unnecessarily. Lee and other citizen sleuths devote hours each week to inspecting county rolls, looking for signs of what they suspect is rampant fraud, such as names that appear more than once or data suggesting a registrant is deceased. I am requesting that these challenges brought before you today be removed from the list of electors. Each challenge requires a hearing to decide if the voter will be stricken from registration rolls. How many challenges have you filed? I think it's only about 500. She says only because some in her citizen network have challenged far more. We found more than 80,000 challenges have been filed against Georgia voters since 2021, when the Republican-led legislature changed the law, allowing one citizen to challenge an unlimited number of voters. Well, welcome to our weekly uh, voter rolls uh, working group. This is not just happening in Georgia. CBS News obtained video of conservative activists strategizing how best to deploy voter challenges across the country. And I truly believe that there is fraud in the system, which is just not, it's not true. DeKalb County Election Board Chair Carly Swift told us the challenges instead identify administrative errors and technical violations that shouldn't deprive citizens of their right to vote. Her staff has spent hundreds of hours dealing with voter challenges that she said so far tend to target the same demographic categories. And it's young voters, it's people of color, and it's people that are unhoused. It took a toll. In 1991, James McWhorter returned from combat duty in the Gulf and struggled with alcohol and homelessness. When he last registered to vote in 2008, he used the only address he had, the barbershop. My friends, my family never knew I was displaced, never knew I was homeless. I would come back here after we would close, sleep here at the shop, get up an hour before we open. Ten days after McWhorter learned his voter registration had been challenged, he defended his right to vote before the election board. I paid taxes here for 20 years, even though I was homeless. And for the first time, faced Gail Lee. For you to be able to challenge me, you have that right as a citizen of DeKalb County. But I served to give you that right. And it was hurtful that she would do something like that. Have you in your mind come up with an explanation of what the motive is? To disenfranchise a certain demographic. I'm trying to put your foot on someone else's neck. I mean, all he had to do was call up the office and give him his address. It's not exactly a heavy foot. After the hearing, McWhorter, who is no longer homeless, updated his address to bring it into technical compliance. Gail Lee said the system worked. Can you understand how people who are African-American might feel this deeply, personally, in that your work feels threatening to them? I would think they would want their vote protected, too, because someone who doesn't belong on the rolls would take away their vote.
to make sure we have fair, honest elections. For- Republican Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger oversees Georgia elections and voter rolls. Is that core assumption that the system is riddled with fraud valid? No, we have objective voter rolls. They're clean, they're accurate. Gail Lee told us she wants fairness, not partisan advantage. But Raffensperger said elections in Georgia have never been fairer. It's never been easier to vote. We are, we believe, the model for what election integrity, election accessibility should look like throughout the entire country. Our investigation found that in Georgia, about 12,000 of these voter registration challenges have been upheld. That's about 15%. But election administration officials tell us that the vast majority of these cases are technical, administrative errors, and not evidence of systemic or widespread fraud. Even so, it raises a couple of questions. Do people know their voter registration status is being challenged? And what are the underlying motives of those who are challenging? Well, we put that question, that last one, to the person you heard from in that piece, Gail Lee. If you were to help me understand your motivation for doing this volunteer work, what is it? I believe it's what God wants me to do. And I would love to see the voter rolls accurate and everybody who is eligible and legally eligible to vote is registered on it, but that the people that are not legally eligible to vote are removed. What is your feeling about who won the 2020 election? I believe Donald Trump won the election. Nationwide? Nationwide. There's the machines. There was problems in Georgia with those. Um, The voter rolls are a problem because there's, they are bloated unnecessarily, which leads to possibilities for fraud. And fires are bloated, they're probably bloated other places. Mm -hmm. In, In other words, President Biden won the election from your vantage point because of fraud. I think so. And when someone like the Secretary of State says, well, Georgia looked at this and we counted the paper ballots, not once, but twice, but three times, what does that mean to you? Does that persuade you at all that Georgia was okay? I really couldn't answer. Would you say you're certain that Donald Trump won the 2020 election or you suspect he won the 2020 election? I'd say about 80%. Do you think you could ever personally be persuaded that Joe Biden legitimately won that presidential election? No. No? No, I don't. And for those who might wonder if you have a particular political agenda, you would say? No. We're... We're neutral on that. It's just, we're, we're looking, it's facts. It's simple data and facts. That's all we're looking for. More of this special episode of The Takeout, a kind of deep dive into some of the intricacies of voting, voter registration, and voting status. Segment two of The Takeout, coming your way. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. 
Bite Clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. From CBS News, this is The Takeout with Major Garrett. Welcome back to this special episode of The Takeout. Not a typical takeout, but a kind of deep dive into something that fascinates me. It's important for all of us heading to 2024. Voting, how we go about it, how do we verify it, how do we protect it? And part of that is registration status and the belief that some have after the 2020 election that there's all sorts of problems, all sorts of problems. One of them they think might be on the registration rolls and they're digging into that to see how deep the problem is or if there is a real problem. Well, we explore that. And one of the things we found in Georgia is in Georgia, citizens can challenge one another and an unlimited number of registration challenges. And that's where we pick up the conversation again with our challenger, Gail Lee. How many challenges have you filed? Do you have a sense of that? I think it's only about 500. 500, okay. Yeah. Do you wish you could do more? If we find them, yeah. Is it your (laughs) belief that if the voter rolls are, to use your word, cleaner, Republicans will win more often? than Democrats? Probably not in this county. It's a heavily Democrat county. Um, But at least it'll be fairer. Mm -hmm. Is that your ultimate aim? Fairer? Fairer. I mean, the ultimate aim is to just have the people that are legally able to vote, vote and to eliminate those that are not legally able to do it. In what category would you place James McWhorter? Someone who was voting illegally and knowing he was voting illegally or a technical violation that isn't necessarily fraudulent or bad? Well, I'd say that was probably a a technical violation uh, for the circumstances that he had. Um, the challenge process worked, however, because he came forward and changed his registration. And it turns out he was actually living in a different uh, part of the county, which would be a different precinct than where he was voting. So when you, when, and that's the good thing about the challenge, is because the people are given notice and they're told why it's being challenged. And so it gives them an opportunity to call and say, change my address. I didn't realize that I couldn't register with a post office box. I don't, I'm, we're not trying to get anybody put in jail. Mm-hmm. 
but uh, if you register with a post office box or the commercial business like Mr. McWhorter was at, the potential is you could register someplace else with your residence address and then you'd have two votes. Would it surprise you to hear that James took it very personally? No, I don't. I'm not surprised, but... That he felt, and these are his words, not mine, that someone's foot was on his neck? Well, I'm, I'm sorry you felt that way, but... You know, he was... I mean, all he had to do was call up the office and give him his address. It's not exactly a heavy foot. Can you understand how people who are African-American might feel this deeply, personally, in that your work feels threatening to them in ways that they thought had been resolved before, as far as their access and their legitimacy to vote? I would think they would want their vote protected too because someone who doesn't belong on the rolls would take away their vote. I, mean, I, don't, I don't understand why they wouldn't want the voter rolls to be accurate. And I might add, when I'm sure. looking at the voter rolls, I purposely hide the political leanings of the person that shows on the voter roll okay. and their their race because that is one accusation we're trying to pick out you know the the democrats or the people of color that's not true you're not no no you don't care one way or the other no if they don't belong in the rolls we want them off <laughs> if they're dead <laughs> we want them off <laughs> if they're double registered they need to be off at least one of the registered right. names needs to be off. Is this your civic duty? Yes. Do you, fulfill, do you feel you're fulfilling it at a larger degree than you were when you weren't doing this work? Yes. Would you, if given the opportunity, want to say anything to James McWhorter? Yeah, I would like to talk to him um, and tell him I'm sorry. He felt, you know, threatened by it. But... Um, and, and that you didn't, I gather you didn't mean it personally to him. Heavens no. As you might expect, there's a process that goes on with each and every one of these voter registration challenges. Paperwork is filed, maybe evidence is presented, and then there's a public hearing. And that's exactly what we saw. A public hearing involving Gail Lee and one of the voters whose registration status she challenged, his name is James McWhorter. Had you ever met Gail Lee? Never. No, I didn't know Mrs. Lee from a can of paint. Started going through all of these voter registrations, legalities and illegalities and, um, and so forth. And that's when I started becoming angry with these things that she, she's stating. And obviously it, it was law, you know, it has certain uh, dash this, dash that, a that, you know, section this. So I said, she knows what she's talking about. Mm -hmm. But the reason behind it, even though it's legal to use a commercial address, why challenge that? 
what is your purpose? You know, and um, come to find out people that don't go, she requests them to be taken off the voter roll. It's beyond why a person want to do that. You know, to take a person's, you know, a right like that. You know, but she has the right to challenge. Mm -hmm. That's her right. She can do that. She is following the law. She is following the law. You know, uh, I got to take my hat off to her, you know. And I, I, I said to her, you, you just, you, you enlightened me to a lot of things I did not know. You know, with your 20 to 25 minutes of your script and your statements, you know, if you, if you fact check her, she's right. You know, she has that right. You got to give it to her. Did you interact with her very much? No, but when I was speaking in front of the board, my conversation was totally towards her. You know, I even, you know, positioned myself so we can be eye to eye. You know, and, and, and it was hurtful that she would do something like that. What did you want her to hear? My story, the reason why I did what I did, and I wanted her to know that I stood for something that allows you to have the right to do that. I stood a post somewhere. I stood in the face of adversity with my life. I raised my right hand and said, I'll defend this country against all enemies, foreign and domestic. And that's, that's what I wanted her to know. You stand here under that blanket of freedom and you cozy yourself to it. I provided that for you. That's what I wanted her to know. Mm -hmm. James McWhorter's voter registration scenario situation was unique. There is a backstory to it. And we're going to explain a little bit about what led to a kind of discrepancy that Gail Lee found and why it existed in the first place. That's in segment three of The Takeout in just one second. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. This is The Takeout with Major Garrett. Welcome back to this special episode of The Takeout, where we are really reaching in and sort of getting up to our elbows in voter registration status and how it's playing out in a place like Georgia. You've met James McWhorter. So he served in the Army, served in the first Gulf War, saw some things there that he now looks back on and says were traumatic. And because of that trauma, there were some alcohol issues. And that took him to a place where his voter registration status 
was taken away from him for a bit. We explore that here. Looking back now, as I see it today, it took a toll. And it still weighs on me today. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. Mm-hmm. It still weighs on me, but I can't use that as an excuse. You know, life is still here to be lived. Mm-hmm. So let's try to take it with a grain of salt, make the best of it. Yes, sir. And you coped with alcohol? Yes, I, yes, I did. For a period of time? Yes, I did. Heavily. Because without it, um, silence is very loud. Silence is very loud. An acorn hitting the roof. You might as well just slam a car door next to me. And then came some DUIs. Yes. Multiple uh, misdemeanors, which transferred into a felony. Three strikes and you're out. What what effect did the uh, DUIs have on your voting status? As a felon, um, you're not allowed to vote. At the time here in the state of Georgia, um, I lost that. You know, I, I can't follow anybody else. It was my doing, and I, I became accountable, and I did what I needed to do to regain that right, not a privilege. Mm-hmm. Um, I did everything the courts asked me to do. I did everything the state asked me to do, and I was very proud of that. I was very proud of that. So McWhorter regained his voter status in 2008, but he used as an address the barbershop because he was unhoused and he didn't have a residence. Well, Gail Lee looked and saw that was a discrepancy. Well, the county sent James McWhorter a letter saying, you need to fix this. If there's a residential address, you need to clarify this discrepancy. Tell me about that letter that you got about your voting status and this whole thing that it's set in motion? Um, I was taken aback. I really was. Why would someone um, challenge my right to vote? I looked, I looked at the letter and it said, uh, you can bring representation. I said, um, I have to have legal representation for this? So I, I, didn't, I really didn't understand. Did it at any point, James, feel personal to you? It did. That it's not just about me, it's about a whole bunch of other people who didn't have a chance to tell their story for the reason they did what they did to operate in society. Because it's not just about me, it's about a whole bunch of people. There's a bigger effort. Yes. Uh, It's an effort to give people voices when your voice is trying to be suppressed. I have to find a way to do more. Something's been activated inside Yes, yes, yes. If it's nothing more than being on my soapbox behind my chair, go vote, say something. If it's nothing but being in this barbershop, I gotta find a way. As we showed you in segment one, McWhorter went to the public hearing in late October explained his situation, updated his registration address, and basically put to rest all questions about his eligibility and status as a registered voter. What's your takeaway from the entire experience? Stay diligent um, in your efforts to be heard. You don't have to be loud, rambunctious, have a bullhorn to be heard. 
you can just take that little card, insert it into the machine, tap the screen. That speaks volumes. So far, we've shown you and let you hear about the citizen versus citizen component of this registration challenge. Well, in between that is a county, lots of counties in Georgia that try to figure all this out. And so we talked to Carly Swift. She is the chair of the DeKalb County Board of Registration and Elections. They're the ones who have to sort of look at the evidence presented and dig into the registration status of those voters who are challenged. It's a cumbersome process. And Carly Swift explains what that's been like. I joined the Board of Elections not for some partisan reason. It was really because I wanted to make sure that the that people could vote, that, that there was access. And over the past few years, the environment has changed. Um, it is an environment that has become much more partisan. In the state of Georgia, who is responsible for the voter rolls? The Secretary of State's office is responsible for the voter rolls. That is something that um, I think a lot of members of the community do not always understand. They maintain the, 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 the roles and are responsible for them. They think you do, though. They some can, do. Some do. I mean, we do have the ability to remove people from the voter rolls as part of in a process that's commonly referred to as like a voter challenge hearing, where a voter, the Board of Elections, can um, sustain a challenge, and then that individual voter would be removed. Right, but absent that process, the maintenance mm -hmm. is the responsibility of the Secretary of State. Correct. Office. Talk to me about the number of challenges and how they have increased in this atmosphere you just mm -hmm. referenced. Mm -hmm. So prior to a, a Senate bill in Georgia passing SB 202, challenges, individuals in the community could bring challenges, but they, they weren't able to bring what, what's now become known as mass challenges, where one person can challenge 5,000 voters at a time. The passage of that law changed that. And so we have voters that challenge a thousand voters at one time. Since 2022, we've had over 1,700 voters challenged just in this county. And we expect there to be many more challenges in the next year um, leading up to the 2024 election. And that's 1,700 voters may not seem like a lot, but for a small elections office that is already understaffed, having to review, research, reach out to these voters, which there are requirements in the law about giving notice to voters. Um, it's, it's a significant burden on the, on the office. And these challenges oftentimes don't even meet the standard of probable cause that we, that, that's required to sustain a challenge. From your perspective, is there a pattern or has there been a pattern to these challenges? Well, what we've seen is that um, the challenges, by and large, are coming from members of the right in our community. Um, they seem to be challenging voters based on age. Um, they've, they've challenged voters based on residency. And often, the impact of that is that the voters appear to be people of color. They appear to be people that are unhoused. They appear to be people that are in college. And so some can take from that, that that is a challenge of a certain type of voter that would vote in a certain way. Um, at the same time, I do believe that any citizen has the right to challenge voters. Um, I just, 
I have a problem, and I've said this on the record multiple times, that I have an issue with one single person having knowledge of a thousand people. I don't know a thousand people, so I don't know how you're how you can challenge a thousand voters and have knowledge of where they live or that they are ineligible to be on the roll. Do you find their engagement helpful? No. I think we what SB202 has done is created a group of amateur sleuths that have gone out and they are working together, um, maybe working through national networks to identify voters. What do you think is behind this phenomenon? You know, I think the easy answer would, there isn't an easy answer. Uh, I think that our environment, our election environment ha has changed since 2020. Um, I think that unfortunately member, many members of our community have taken misinformation and disinformation to heart. And they truly believe that there is fraud in the system, which is just not, it's not true. When we come back for segment four of The Takeout, more of our conversation with Carly Swift. She is the chair of the DeKalb County Board of Registration and Elections and our conversation with Georgia Secretary of State, Brad Raffensperger. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. From CBS News, this is The Takeout with Major Garrett. I actually think that it's okay that citizens can bring challenges, right? If, if you live at a house and you know specifically a person that has moved and they live in another district and so that person should either be moved to a different district or you know that they moved to another state and they're voting in that state, to me that's a different type of challenge. However, a challenge, this, this, this mass challenge of thousands of voters or hundreds of voters, um, it doesn't seem to me sincere. And to, I don't know, for me, that doesn't feel like my civic duty. Welcome back to The Takeout. For all you Georgia election Swifties, that's a little joke there. That's Carly Swift. She is the chair of the DeKalb County Board of Registration and Elections. One of the things to think about when you consider voter registration rolls, is there not a kind of fixed inventory that you might see at a business, a tire store or something? The inventory is constantly changing. People die, people get married, people move into another county or to another state. All of it changes the inventory on a rather constant basis. We talked to her about that. And my experience is that systems like a voter registration system that is completely dynamic, it changes throughout the day. Those are those systems are difficult to maintain and they're maintained differently. And this idea that there would be 
no errors is just completely inaccurate. The analogy I have is if you're a business person, you think of your inventory, like right. let's say you run a grocery store and you know exactly how many cans of green beans you have. Well, that number is affected by how many you sell that day. But other than that variable, that data doesn't change. Right. That's not how a voter roll works. It doesn't. I mean, there's so many variables that go into it. People's names change. People move. They move from one county to another county. Within a, within a singular county, you can move within districts, which means that you then have a different type of ballot because you're voting in, like, in municipal elections for a different city council person. And the timeliness um, of that data flow influences what appears and doesn't appear. Absolutely. And again, you know, the system can be cleaned up. There are process, processes that can be implemented that can make the whole process better. Right now, you know, in Georgia, we're moving to a new system that a lot of elections officials, you know, our office sent a letter that said, hey, we need to ensure that this system is going to be operable in, in time for the 2024 election cycle. Um, so there's a lot that can be done, but this idea that you just have this fixed static system that's going to be perfect is not reality. How does all this make you feel as you anticipate 2024? Well, 2024 is going to be um, interesting. I think that to we are seeing... <laughs> We're seeing the beginning of You know what, it's going to be more than interesting. Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be a lot. 2024 is going to be a lot. Um, you obviously know what's happening in Georgia. We have a former president that's on trial. Uh, we, DeKalb County is next to Fulton County, uh, which had significant issues and challenges. Um, we are just preparing for what we expect to see. You know, we have to have talks about security. Um, we have to figure out how to protect our poll workers. We have to also allow for transparency. Um, and we expect to receive many more challenges over the next year. From your vantage point, would it be better if the unlimited was taken out of the law? Meaning for 100%. I think that we would all, I don't have an issue with of an individual challenging a voter. It Based is, on knowledge or experience directly. Right. Or, I mean, if you can only bring challenges that you have knowledge of, you're not going to bring a 10,000 challenges or 1,000 challenges. Um, I think making it unlimited, making anyone being able to bring, allowing anyone to be able to bring it creates what we're seeing. Uh, so. An incentive structure. It is. An, it, you are incentivized to challenge voters. One of the things you learn when you dig deeply into issues relating to voting, voter status, registration, all these things, is jurisdictional lines. So the counties have their jurisdictional lines and issues, but in Georgia, the state and the Secretary of State specifically is in charge of voter rolls. So we talked to the Secretary of State, Brad Raffensperger, who says Georgia's rolls are clean, update, accurate, solid. Let's listen. We had an honest and fair election in 18, 20, and 2022. And we're going to have honest and fair election in 2024. It's going to be accessible. It's going to be secure, fair, and honest and accurate. And that's what we're working with the counties on every day. Why does Georgia have mass citizen challenges for registration? Well, that was an element that was actually put into place with SB 202, the Election Integrity Act of 2021. 
and I actually spoke about that several times, is that there is a proper place to, you know, voters should be able to challenge registrations because the voter rolls end up over a period of time, sometimes there's some challenges. What about this? Did the counties miss something? So there is that aspect, but I think it needs to be done responsibly. And that's currently being litigated, so I'll probably just leave that, you know, there. The word suppression does get thrown around voting, sometimes recklessly. Is there anything about mass challenges that is, in its very nature, of its origin, suppressing? No, I don't believe so. No, because I think that people, you know, uh, haven't voted for a while or they have, they're in transition. That's just, you know, people that are where they are. I don't think that has anything to do with, you know, what their national origin or any other uh, demographic, you know, basis that would be. And I think what we're seeing right now, if you look at, you know, the whole spectrum of voters we have in Georgia, you know, all demographic groups are, you know, turning out the vote in relatively about the same percentages. Some of the citizen activists we've talked to say they are motivated by just a general belief that the system is fraudulent and that they're trying to police things as a citizen. They think they're carrying out some kind of extra citizenship duty. They're following the law. I'm not suggesting for a second that they're not following the law. But is that core assumption that the system is riddled with fraud valid? No, we have very clean voter rolls. We have 17 days early voting. And we now have photo ID for any form of voting in Georgia. We think that has really helped, you know, really expand the security and people's confidence in the absentee ballot process. So if you want to vote absentee in Georgia, that requires driver's license or six or seven other forms of, of identification. So we have voter ID for absentee voting. The same ID that we use for in-person voting is now used for absentee voting. It doesn't matter if you vote early or election day. So we're treating every voter the same. But that has really, I believe, added an element of security, but also elevated people's confidence. I understand that we live in a polarized time. And people just have to understand, someone's going to win, someone's going to lose. Do you think that in that atmosphere, this citizen vigilance, this citizen detective work, creates new openings to challenge elections? That people say, I was challenging this and those roles aren't good and I filed all these things and they weren't adjudicated properly. That's another reason to doubt the results of elections. Do you have any anxiety about that? Well, I think one of the outcomes of the uh, challenge is if you're not successful in it, you feel like you were right and all of a sudden you go away and you're not any happier than you would have been. I think you have to understand and that's where people need to come to grips is what happened in 2020. And until people face the brutal truth, then how are you going to move from good to great? And until you accept that brutal truth, you're going to spin and spin and spin. Right. And look for excuses. Well, you need to look for solutions. Thanks for listening to this special episode of The Takeout. Voter registration, citizen challenges, microcosm of our country, the state of Georgia. Hope you've enjoyed it. We'll see you next week. The Takeout is produced by Arden Fari, Jamie Benson, Sarah Cook, Ellie Watson, Jake Rosen, and Ashley Armstrong. CBSN production by Eric Susanen. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Takeout Podcast. That's at Takeout Podcast. And for more, go to takeoutpodcast.com. The Takeout is a production of CBS News. If you like The Takeout, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at wondery.com 
survey. When you're committed to raising the standard, you're bound to ruffle some feathers. At Happy Egg, we like to say we farm differently. But in reality, we produce eggs the way people used to, by partnering with local small family farmers who raise our happy hens on eight or more acres. Because in our opinion, farming shouldn't be complicated. It should be happy. Choose happy with Happy Egg. Visit happyegg.com and look for the yellow carton at a store near you. Happy Egg. The Hargan women seem to have it all. From the outside looking in, we were blessed. My mom was amazing. But as detectives would soon learn, there was a lot going on inside the Hargan household. Ashley and I have been calling my mom and the house and Helen. No one's answering. 63-year-old Pamela Hargan gunned down in her own home. Her youngest daughter, Helen, lay dead upstairs. Patrol, when they arrived, assumed or thought that there might have been a murder-suicide. But for the detectives on the scene... There were things about the scene itself that were concerning to us on day one. Who would want to kill their mother and their little sister? There is no boogeyman here. It is exactly who we think it is. I'm Peter Vance Sat from 48 Hours. This is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings, early and ad-free, starting May 1st with a 48 Hours Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts.